worth it. There was a, um, uh, at work, there was like the, this big communal uh, refrigerator and it had this jar of pickles mm-hmm. that were like homemade pickles. Ooh. And so, and it was like, not just a jar, <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was like two <laughs> gallons of pickles. And, and it was there for like, since the day I started working there and I was like four months in, I was like, have you guys noticed the pickle jar? It's like weird. There's like someone. I was just imagining someone lugging in a like a two gallon from home. They bring it in from home and they bring in their homemade pickles and then leaving it there. And then I realized there's like Doug and it has it had his phone number on there. And I, I kept on asking and someone was like, "Oh yeah, Doug brought it in for a picnic." And no one knows Doug. Because he's an engineer or something like that. <laughs> he's on the third shift or yeah. something. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and I am joined by Edu Rosales. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Okay. Um, you were just telling me a story about how you have to keep your English muffin hidden from your coworkers so you freeze them. You don't want people to steal them. Right, right. So I think um, in my uh, effort to try to be a little bit healthier, um, so I've been trying to cut down on uh, tacos and burritos in the morning. Uh, so I went with English muffins, and so I freeze them. Uh, that way, when somebody's even tempted to take it, uh, the effort to unfreeze them and put make something out of it is way larger than just grabbing a uh, uh, muffin out of the pan- uh, pantry or, or the refrigerator. Yeah. So, so so far, no one has stolen. No, they're all there and they're all frozen as rocks every morning. So all right. it's all good. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so we are we're here to talk. Uh, I mean, it, it's an off Minnesota United week, and so. Uh, we are going to do a lot of uh, Gold Cup talk. And uh, in particular, you're going to bring the Costa Rica. I'm going to bring the U.S. Um, and then uh, we also have Minneapolis City talk because you are a, a season ticket holder. And you also head up the, uh, what, what is the? The Model Citizens. The Model Citizens, which is? The uh, 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 community outreach uh, of um, uh, of the citizens, which is a supporter group of uh, Minneapolis City SC. And so we've been working for about five months or so. We've only had two events, but uh, the next one coming up is going to be great. Shameless plug. Um, it's going to be with United Way. It's going to be a lot of packing for uh, kids. So we're going to pack all sorts of uh, uh, backpacks, and then we're going to give it to them. And it's going to be at CHS Field. And uh, we're doing it with uh, Keepers of the North, doing it with Silver Lining. And I'm even even bringing some people from work to uh, to help out. So um, be a fun do you know one. the date off the top of your head? Top of my head, no. Okay. I believe it's the uh, um, it's August. August, uh, I would have to double It's in track. August, but where yes. where would people look for this date? You can go so many ways now. If you go to the Dark Clouds website, uh, you can go into, uh, there's a link there. Um, there's also, if you follow on Twitter, uh, True North Elite, you should be able to find Keepers of the North. And if you haven't been following, follow them. And uh, you just, you'll see lots of opportunities that they, they come up with. Uh, to help the community, so yeah. uh, so you can find it those ways. We haven't, uh, as model citizens, put it out there yet, uh, but we will eventually uh, this week or sometime soon. You just need to 
talk and get get something going. Uh, going. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, the the nonprofit uh, plugs uh, done. We'll uh, we'll kick into the music <laughs> and then we'll come back and we will talk uh, Gold Cup time. Welcome back to the fifty five one podcast. You looked up the date of of the <laughs> of the uh, model citizens event, and it is August seventeenth okay. at CHS Field. Great, great. Um, you, I mean, people can still get all the details on on those websites. But um, I also I also forgot the programming note, which is that this week uh, Jeff Reuter, who is the uh, the other host of this show, uh, announced that he was moving on from fifty five one to uh, other ventures, and so good luck to him. Basically, what this uh, podcast was always uh, envisioned as was going to be this thing that had rotating groups of voices, and um, uh, and so what I'm going to try to do is keep on bringing in lots of other people who have great... There's lots of people in our community and, out, and outside the community as well who have really great opinions and who I want to hear from, and so... That's what the podcast is going to keep on doing. Um, and so, yeah, now what we'll do is talk about the Gold Cup with that. Um, let's start first with U.S. Panama. Um, and you did not, you just caught up on parts of this on the highlights. So, correct. Okay. Correct. You at least saw the, U, I mean, basically outside the two goals, there was nothing. <laughs> so, it was about two and a half minutes of interesting. Mm hmm. And. 88 plus minutes of not interesting. So you actually just saved yourself. You were all right. Good, good. I mean, the goal, the goal, the U.S. goal is beautiful. And um, you have to expect the game to be kind of tight like that. And, you know, every every player is, a lot of players are new to the team. So. Yeah. It, the last three matches, I think, between the U.S. and Panama have all, all ended 1-1. Um, the, the goal, as you said, from uh, from the U.S., even as I was writing, uh, the report, and even now I keep on saying Minnesota in my brain. I kept on right. Minnesota score. Oh, no, um, uh, but the goal, Kellen Rowe, who was one of two Kellens, weirdly on the pitch, um, had a fantastic little move. Uh, totally outdid two defenders. Sends the cross in to Dom Dwyer, who, um, you know, he is a, a pretty darn good striker. I think that he's a really good option behind. You know Bobby Wood and Josie, and he pulled that ball to the back post, and it was a pretty, pretty great goal. And you thought, okay, finally this game is going to open up, but it opened up in the bad ways. And mm -hmm. I saw a little, uh, a, sh a short clip of uh, the goal, and um, it's the little things that make a big difference, and it shows Dumb Dwyer pushing off with the arm to get just that half a second, half a step forward ahead of the defender. And have that free uh, free go at it. Otherwise, he would have had a defender on top of him. Yeah. So it was pretty uh, pretty interesting to see the the little details that happen on a corner kick. It's always interesting. Yeah. And so um, the the Panama goal, uh, there was like two or three chances that came right after Dom Dwyer's goal, and then finally, uh, you know, it's Keystone Cops basically. Um, uh, the the ball ball comes in, and there's. Brad Guzan does an amazing job to save the ball, but it comes yep. to the top of the box where 18 uh, United States uh, defenders are, and somehow 
They all just watch. Yeah, Camargo just picks up the ball, walks past all of them, shakes some hands, you know, signs signs some autographs, mm-hmm. and then you know, puts it in. I feel bad for Brad Guzan. He he did a good job there, but it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy how sometimes those rebounds rebounds happen. Uh, you saw it with Christian Ramirez. You know, the, the rebound yeah. is there. The defenders just kind of just uh, forget that they have to do a follow up. And that's what happened because you see the, the replay and you have six defenders around. Yeah. Three go in and they don't go in tight enough. And then he gets a free shot yeah. to finally defeat Guzan, which was basically unbeatable to that point. Yeah. So good. yeah. I mean, Guzan did a good enough job to get his hand on the ball, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure he could have done much more. No. Um, so a draw in their first match, but coming up is Wednesday, Martinique, and Saturday, Nicaragua. Uh, there's a f- there's no chance the United United States are not going through. It's a but it is a matter of now it's going to be Panama will likely beat those two teams as well and who gets the biggest goal differential at this point? Right, goal differential and I, the other thing that makes Gold Cup a little bit uh, interesting is that you have out of twelve teams eight make it to the second round. Yeah, so you could go with three draws. And still make it as a best or right. second best third place, yeah. uh, which has happened before. So, and the the real positive I took away from it is that you played the hardest team first. You get to see what people could do, and you certainly got to see. I thought Graham Zusi was bad at, as a right back. I, I think when when you're in the international game and people are saying, "Oh, well, he's still learning the position." Well then, what the fuck is he doing? Right, he's he's had starting for the inner, the national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had I had a, a reader mail this week uh, or last week uh, uh, say something about the the amount of obscenities on on the podcast. So I'm I'm going to do my <laughs> do my best to to minimize. Um, oh, I thought you'd put some more. No, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put some more. Goddamn. Uh, but uh, so I don't want to belabor the U.S. too much. Uh, the two matches coming up are going to be interesting, but then the knockout rounds is going to be. I mean, when they play teams like Costa Rica, like Honduras, uh, hopefully Mexico is the final. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and usually Concacaf does a good job of rigging everything so that it is U.S. versus Mexico. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute truth, and everybody knows it. And there's nothing that anybody says that will be otherwise. But it, but a Canada Canada U.S. quarterfinal would be good. You know, things like that. Um, so that's a, that's when I, I will really care. I watched mm-hmm. this game pretty much just kind of like. I think they kind of they kind of did a, a, a odd job at um, at doing the schedules because out of the three groups, the best three games happened first because Costa Rica played Honduras and those yeah. are supposed at least on paper the the strongest teams in that group. And then you had Panama and the U.S. Same thing, and then Mexico, El Salvador. That that group with Mexico is a little bit more open for that second place and third place, but um, those were definitely uh, very good matchups. Yeah. Uh, and so let's move on to Mexico, El Salvador. Uh, that ended three to one, but it looked, you know, Mexico went up early in the eighth minute, and the tenth minute, so less than two minutes later, El Salvador comes back with. It was a. Uh, let me get the the names who who did this, because it was. Um, why didn't I write them down? I looked it up earlier. Whoever. Oh, I wrote it down somewhere else. Sorry. Oh, Zelaya. Um, Pass to Nelson Bonilla, and Nelson okay. Bonilla. But the pass to Bonilla was fantastic, and then Bonilla tucks it in at the far post. It was a superb mm-hmm. goal, um, and so 
Up to that point, it was very, very competitive. Game. Yeah. And then eventually Mexico goes on to... Mexico slowly would, uh, yeah, starts would, putting the clutch on. And I think uh, what was visible was El Salvador's players um, were not are not in the best form. Uh, around the 75th minute, you could tell, you know, they have less hustle and um, you get more people cramping up and things like that. And so I think Mexico took advantage because that's that's when, you know, they just uh, put the dagger in there. Well, the Mexico's two two next goals. The one that was the go-ahead goal was this cross that it felt like the ball was in air for like half an hour. Elias Hernandez is at the, uh, you know, is on the edge uh, far edge of the box no defenders anywhere near him so he like makes a sandwich eats the sandwich cleans up does the dishes and sends a floater and then sends the ball in yeah and it was just like where, where no one saw this guy so there was that and then there's the howler from the keeper um via via lobos um who just came out for the ball and then the ball just gets finished at the back post by Pinedos. It was uh, it was not the best ending for El Salvador. No, it wasn't. Uh, they did a good effort, but uh, it wasn't enough. And f- facing Mexico, it doesn't matter who you're facing. Um, it's just the color that gets... The, at least Central American teams always have a hard time uh, facing up to Mexico. There's something beyond names. What do you think it... Wait, why, why do you think it is that they... they match up better that they match up worse against mexico than um uh, do you think they do that do you think they match up better against the u.s for some reason or i i truly believe so yeah, yeah. um i think that with mexico there's a, i don't know if it's a cultural thing or just historically they've been so dominating that um if that central america team call it costa rica honduras guatemala Salvador, whoever it is that is playing at a good level goes and face them and now their insecurities show up more mm. they're just kind of afraid that uh this is the big team and we're about to beat them and every time a central american team beats mexico it becomes uh if they won at home it's okay it's a great victory it'll be remembered if they win in mexico that's remembered for forever i yeah. mean everybody remembers in costa rica beating mexico um the, the first time everybody in honduras do you, also do you remember when that. it was uh, it was for the qualifiers. It must have been uh, 97, no, uh, 2001. <laughs> okay. 2000, right. 2001, somewhere in there. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I remember me screaming and losing my voice, but uh, <laughs> it was yeah. great. It was amazing. Um, and then uh, the, the, the premier match for you, which was uh, Costa Rica versus Honduras, uh, which was a, a little bit of a, a bizarre, chippier game. Yes. How did how did that play out? Because I, I only caught the highlights of that. Yeah. Well, that one. Um, if you look at uh, performance and stats, I guess you would say Honduras won this game. Uh, but that doesn't happen in soccer, and that doesn't happen in a lot of sports. You may be the best team on the field, but you will lose. And uh, Costa Rica had few chances, and uh, the play that created the goal was great. It was created by a guy who was the first 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 game. Um, in Gold Cup, nice pass to Rodney Wallace in a beautiful cross, and uh, Marcos Ureña just came in and and tapped it uh, really professionally. You know, because it happens a lot that you know they want to just 
crush the net and just completely miss. Yeah. He just took a, a nice little tap, put it in there, and that was enough. But Honduras should have won that game. Honduras had plenty of opportunities. Uh, if Costa Rica hadn't had a hard goalie that day, um, th that could have been 3-4-1. Uh, they were very good opportunities that Honduras missed out on. Was this the, the A squad for, for Costa Rica? Actually, it's uh, yeah, it's I would say it's an A2 or, like, or somewhere between A and B, okay. uh, I guess. Uh, there are a couple of players missing. Bigger one, Keylor Navas yeah. at goalie. Uh, Celso Orges that plays in, in Spain, um, he's not playing either, but Costa Rica has Brian Rees and Joel Campbell playing in Portugal and all the MLS players that are in good form because the MLS championship is in the middle of, of yeah. the whole thing. So they're in good shape and so um, people are expecting a lot from Costa Rica because of their, they're bringing a better team. This is actually the most experienced team that they've actually brought to a gold cup. Yeah. Uh, this is the, f like uh, only four players have never seen uh, action at a gold cup. Okay. So the rest of them have experience there. They've been there before and they know, they should know how to do it and how it works. All the traveling that's involved because that's that's a big aspect that some some uh, some players in, in smaller countries that don't travel that much all of a sudden are going from New Jersey to Texas to California. Right. Uh, so that that takes that's different for them, and that makes it very difficult. Difficult. Um, is Urania is Urania a guy who would normally start? Um, Urania would... has been starting. I mean, he he started a couple of times during World Cup. Uh, he's been in the core team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he doesn't always start, but he's he, the majority of times he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you know. Uh, Minnesotans uh, also had a, 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 an extra stake in this in that there were two Minnesotan, uh, Minnesota United players out there. And Francisco Calvo was playing as a, a left wing back, right? There yes. Was a, in a 5-4-1. Yep. And um, was Venegas playing up top? Uh, was Venegas he... was playing on the right side. Okay. Um, and so this is a, a really a, like two different stories. Uh, you have Venegas that... Um, is not showing too much, is showing the same problems that he shows with Minnesota United, which is he uh, sometimes he tries to uh, engage players, challenge players on a one-on-one, -on -one and keeps losing the ball or um, tries to uh, hold the ball too long. In any case, he got injured at the 35th minute or so, and um, I heard it from some people. I don't think that way, but I heard some people say, that's the best injury Costa Rica could have had, because with uh, with the with the substitutions that came later, the team looked a little bit better. Uh, I can't blame Venegas for that himself, but um, he's got he's really got to step it up because with all the going from the national team to Minnesota United, not being in all the practices with Minnesota United, yeah. uh, all the the tax that was on your body, so he hasn't yeah. not been able to catch up. So he's been going through a tough time. Yeah. Um, the announcer for Minnesota United calls him Johan. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess you can say it. Okay. if you if you say Johan. Okay. Yeah, but Johan, Johan. So I well, he he says that hard J, and so I had taken it because usually I've never talked to to Venegas at all, um, and so usually these guys have been. So I've, I've, I should just ask someone with the team. Like mm -hmm. I just assumed that they got it right because I I would say Johan normally. But I'll say mm -hmm. Johan, but they started calling him Johan, so I oh well, I adapted really, very that. strong yeah with oh. the like hard J, and I was just like that. But that's where, that's how the announcer from Minnesota uh -huh. United calls it, 
And I was like, all right, maybe they're right. No, and, I mean, okay. it's, it's uh, I think that's one of those names. So he's where... not like fake por- Portuguese? No. <laughs> okay, no. so I will go back to <laughs> Johan then. I, I apologize, listeners, for, uh, you know, calling him Johan for the last three months. So. Oh, yeah, you can go Johan, that's fine. Okay. All right, okay, all right. Um, so, but Francisco Calvo. Yeah, he was wing. different. He was different. He, he, uh, he was his very uh, usual solid, very reliable no nonsense, get the ball out of there when he's on defense. There were a couple of times where uh, he got caught up going up front, and so there were long passes. So that When he decides he's a striker. Right, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's a position. That's the position you have to have some forward projection. I mean, otherwise a 5-4-1 is just right. to go take a, a, a tie. Um, yeah. But you want the, the, the defenders to go up a little bit and help out. I, he didn't have that much projection up front, but when he did, he looked good, and the team looked good. So it's um, it's kind of tough because because you know it's their effort, and they have to go back in up and down, and you can't really expect him to do that all game long unless your name is Roberto Carlos, you know. Yeah. When when you watch him with uh, the loons, why is he not scoring more? Because he's had chances, right? He I mean, had a well, he had chances. Basically, he's had chances at corner kicks. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he had the one, I, I believe, was um, the game against either Atlanta or Real. And he uh, he had this Hit it perfect... Straight, yeah, down, right? Yeah, the I, way I you should, the way you should do it. Yeah. But then it bounced all the yeah. way up. So, you know, that was just... Uh, I, little... I can think of... I think that there's three times where he should have scored. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and I know he's a center back. We should not be expecting him to. But I think when he came... I had this impression of this player who was going to, um, who was kind of a set piece master. Like he could get up high and put his head on the ball and do. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I uh, what I also um, perceived, and that's what I expected. And he has somehow shown it, but not enough of it. Yeah, and maybe yeah. maybe it's just a matter of, you know, eventually that it'll average out, and he'll start putting those. Right, putting those in. I just was curious if you I, had any. I any really insight. hope he starts doing that because, uh, yeah, I was expecting him to, you know, in a season get four or five, uh, you know, and yeah. so far it's only been one and in uh, and a, and a close one. Yeah. Um, who does Costa Rica have uh, the rest of the group stage? Who's coming? So in? the next one is Canada, and then it's going to be um, French Guyana. Okay. Well, that Canada game should be great. Canada game should be very interesting. Canada beat French Guiana 4-2. They briefly had, there was a panic moment where they go up three goals. And then then Canada, or French Guiana, come back with with two two goals in in like 90. Yeah, Yeah. very very cool though. Very very fun. I mean, if... If I would have been at that game, it would have been a very interesting, a very cool game. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's nice to see that. But uh, Canada should have. Uh, it's always a very difficult team for Costa Rica. Also, uh, very common that uh, Costa Ricans go into a game against Canada and they're like, yeah, one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, and it's either zero zero or Canada wins. So it's not going to be a, a walk in the park either. Yeah, um, uh, you and I met last year at the when U.S. played Canada and. Costa Rica in uh, World Cup qualifiers, yeah. and um, do you do you travel much to, to see co- like you you're not traveling for this Gold Cup? But no. Do you, do you like go to New Jersey or something in Costa Rica? You know, I kind of got a little bit disillusioned because okay. it feels like every single time we do a long road trip, 
we go there to watch them lose. Okay. Uh, and so it's very, very, um, I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, it's something that we don't really want to repeat too much. And if they come here and win a couple, beat the U.S. once or twice, or play against Mexico and show up strong, then maybe I'll think about it next time, you know, go to New Jersey. Because that would have been great. New Jersey was packed with Costa Ricans. New Jersey is like the yeah. mini Costa Rica of the U.S. It has most Costa Ricans than anywhere else. So that's why they played that one there. And I do hate New Jersey. Stadium. So you're, <laughs> you're not saying good things. You're making me making me feel sad. No, you uh, can hate New Jersey. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so uh, the the rest of the re- rest of the Gold Cup uh, roundup. I mean, we won't go through all, every, everything, but you know, you had um, Martinique uh, beating Nicaragua two nothing. Um, you had uh, what were the other? You know, we mentioned Canada, French Guiana. And I guess there was probably another game that I'm just blanking. Oh, uh, the Curacao game oh, against Jamaica. Right, right. Where Andre Blake stood on his head and and made <laughs> yeah. made a bunch Safety. of great saves. Yes, and, but. Uh, yeah, and anything else you want to mention about Gold Cup? Anything stand out or? No, I would okay. say I, it, I, out of those teams, it's it's very difficult. Uh, Curacao is interesting because uh, I read a little bit about them, and uh, before they actually got serious with Tucker, they actually needed some uh, external help, and that came uh, via Patrick Kluivert from, uh, oh, from yeah. the Netherlands. So he went out there and was the coach for for Curacao because uh, I guess his parents were uh, also from Curacao. Mm. And um, he's not with the team anymore, but he kind of led them into that. Uh, Because it always makes a big difference having that one uh, player that has been successful outside. So like Trinidad saw it with Dwight York. Dwight York came back and there were all sorts of players looking up to him. And so that's how they had a squad that made it to the World Cup. Jamaica had the same thing, and yeah. um, Costa Rica, in a way, had that. So it's always good to have those successful people come back and teach. And so Curacao yeah. got a good... Seeing Curacao right. in the World Cup. Well, I guess World Cup in 2026 is going to have a lot of teams in it. You bet. So it's not unheard of that they can make it. Uh-huh. Um, well, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we've got uh, Minnesota United, we've got Minneapolis City, and we'll do that stuff. Welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. My name is Wes. I've got with me Edu. And now we're, we're going to actually... Well, let's kick off with just a little bit of Minnesota United news. Uh, there's not too much happened, but Sam Nicholson, the Scottish uh, winger, uh, was finally... You know, we've been hearing about him for a long time. He's been training with the team uh, for weeks now. And finally, he was announced uh, because today is the opening of the transfer window. So now he can finally be announced. So... And he was in pictures, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's a human. He looks like a child. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, the bigger thing was probably um, people identifying Demidov in the picture on the background. Yeah, people were like, who is that guy? And I, I thought, maybe I didn't take a picture of him at training, but yeah, he shaved his head a while ago. I think I made a joke once. Maybe I just made a joke about it. That he, I, I was making a joke that he was trying to be like witness protection and pretend he was a new signing. Um <laughs> He's been in training. I just every week he's announced as injured. He's he's not injured. He's been full. I've seen him fully train with everyone. He's, do do ego, does ego injury count as injured? Uh, I I don't even think his ego is injured. I think that I think the dude could not give a shit. 
is is really it. I I think that, and that that's what makes me think like. There was the bad thing of like you can miss a player where okay we thought he could do it we thought he could do this role but he's too slow you know, but you made this guy your captain, and not having a a good enough sense of character to know that this guy he got he had a terrible time got benched, and now and then he just did not care. Yeah, like, that's a big that's a that's a a big miss and. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll get shipped out. I, lately, I have not. I haven't inquired about it, but lately, I haven't heard anything about him moving out. I'm, I'm sure, man. Maybe even if they have to eat, even if they have to pay part of his salary, like they're doing uh, with uh, Tiago Calvano. You know, they're paying part of his salary right now, even though he's not on their MLS roster. He's playing at Harrisburg. They just sucked it up, right? Um, that was bad for another reason but uh, you know they can send him off send him back to norway and pay half his you know he'll he'll go back there someone can sign him for two hundred thousand dollars and we're paying three hundred thousand for the rest of the year that's still better still cutting your losses yeah cutting your losses and you're getting this you know you're getting another roster spot back another international spot back and you're getting this guy who does not he can't even when we have one fit center back and you can't play him that's bad news yeah that's uh that just demonstrates our depth on the backside. Yeah. Um so the the other little bits of news there are um uh there's there's this report <clears throat> in the Costa Rican press about Francisco Calvo that an offer came in from an Asian club for a million dollars and then that there was also a Belgian club interested but that the team valued him at 2 million dollars. Um do you do you know what paper that was in or what that was on uh i believe la nation which is uh probably the, the largest paper okay uh, so it's a yeah i noticed there was no byline but it was like editor editor desk but yeah well you know how they do that nowadays so you go online and it's not the, quite the same um vetting that uh paper went through yeah. before anything got published so uh maybe they don't they yeah. haven't really looked into it but they must know something because yeah they reported it in, you know, th- those and, things get really yeah. quickly get out there. And and Paul Tenorio with 442, he's the one I first saw it. And he, he published that that he verified the report, which Paul Tenorio and Adrian Heath are buddies. So my I think that that's directly from the horse's mouth. And so, I, I mean, we all know that Calvo, my hope is that Calvo gets sold after the World Cup for... Five million dollars. That's not a crazy amount of sum. I think he's a very good player. I think a team, a mid-level league one team in France, could pay for him. And paying five million dollars is not that much. I, I think that that you know two million as a valuation. I think certainly it's more than what they paid for him. Great, but I think that he's a player who, um, you know, if he can, if we can buckle down around him, then he's someone who we should expect to sell, and use that to help, you know, help bolster the squad and help help build the team. He really is helping himself to uh, to get those offers, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. If he stays a little bit longer, that price may go up. So I think it's in uh, hopefully in uh, his best interest, and because that serves our interest as uh, Minnesota United fans. Yeah, I mean, there's some players who you. You know, you know exactly what they're there for. There's some players you want to make franchise players. You want them around forever. Um, I would, you know, the, 
I'd be bummed if we sold off Christian Ramirez, but that that's something that likely could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, but a guy like Calvo do his job here and then he's going to move on. Most of these almost all of these guys are going to move on in the next couple of years and so getting money for them is even better than Yeah. or getting uh, you know, trading out the the crappy or mediocre ones for Sam Sam Cronin. That's that's another good thing. Oh, that's a great deal. Uh yeah, hopefully he doesn't go to um it said Asia on the report. And if you read between the lines, you have to know that this is the super the Chinese Super League, so I hope he doesn't go there because a lot of players go there, get a lot of money, and it's great for them. But for their careers, it does nothing. They never get a call-up from the national team uh, because part of being called up to a national team is being in a at least some com- competitive league. Yeah. And the Chinese Super League is not established as a competitive league. It's still very right. much a league in development. And traveling back to play CONCACAF games from China. Oof, that's I mean, that, that amount of travel is, is crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah. The the only other thing is you know Minnesota United has the Atlas friendly friendly this Saturday. I'm probably I, I don't know if I go I'll, I'll go just as as media and cover it. But I'm not particularly. I guess we'll get a chance to see Sam Nicholson and maybe um, Brandon Allen is that we talked about this on last week. Brandon Allen is the New York Red Bulls homegrown uh, striker who is he's going to be announced sometime this week. He's going to come in on loan with a purchase option. I mean, those are neither of those signings are are making me blow up. You know, they're, I'm glad that we're making signings. I think those players are, could bo- both be uh, in, good parts for the team. But yeah, I good parts know. as in depth, and they won't start. But we need them because yeah. there's so many injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, at this point, Nicholson may start because we desperately <laughs> need guys. Because you know, if you've got if there, at times, uh, you know. I don't know. At times, if Joe is starting, then Nicholson should be, can, will hey. be starting. <laughs> Hopefully, Nicholson's, you know, he has spit at uh, another player or a ref or something. So, hopefully, he's not an asshole. Well, just a, just a little bit of attitude. That's all right. Yeah, you know? but spitting. Is... Yeah, it's not, it's not the right attitude. It's still attitude. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, NPSL North and Minneapolis City. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, David Baker does a really great job of uh, doing... Uh, recaps of NPSL North uh, every week, so everyone should go check that out. And then Luis Garcia uh, covered, uh, he writes uh, Med City uh, recaps and um, uh, had a great report on the big game this past weekend, which was the number one and number two teams, Duluth and Med City, going at each other. Uh, Duluth are the villains of this league. And uh, and that comes from everyone seems to hate them. They've got added, They've got all these Engl- young English guys who like beat people up. They have like 30, 30 times as many yellow cards as any other team. <laughs> and and they love being villains. I think they they don't get that they they, they need to embrace the villainry a little, a little bit more. But and then Med City have are trying to cure cancer while playing soccer and things like that so so the two of them going up against each other was fantastic uh, uh do, do you know much about this game did you watch any any of it or, or i i or was you following can pretend, you can pretend you did no i was following it on twitter because i i actually did have stuff to to do uh weird and so you know <laughs> uh, i can't go to every game uh but i was following it and um 
the reactions the day after were the things that got me because this thing with Duluth has happened before. It's not in Minneapolis City. At one point, also you know, on Twitter, kind of got got on on their case. Wait, Minneapolis City went after someone else on Twitter. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly friendly. Uh, Duluth <laughs> with Duluth, though, I think it's a little bit more serious because they are a little bit rougher on the edges and. Um, Maybe they don't want to acknowledge that, and so they'll continue to uh, to play that you know that, that role of the villain that just doesn't care. I I, I was was told by one listener that uh, I'm I'm banned from drinking any Duluth beer because I made fun of Duluth the city. So, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. So I need to be very careful about how I how I proceed here. But um, Duluth ends up winning this game in third minute minute of stoppage time, I believe. Uh, on it was a foul throw, according to everyone who was nearby. Um, my take on this is, it's a foul throw. It's not like they called a PK in the last minute. You know, I mean, you can. I mean, it sucks. Anytime uh, refs get something wrong, it sucks. But I would say the refs in NPSL are probably at the same level as NPSL, which means. They're not that great. There will be mistakes. Neither of the neither of the players. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like the the kind of uh, refs are gonna, they're going to get things wrong. And and I've been part of I've been watching I've watched Minnesota United games where refs have gotten things very wrong, and I, I certainly get angry. And everyone you can get angry, but then you kind of are just like, you know what? There's some there's some some things you can hold on to. Like that was the worst call ever. I'm gonna hate you, but most calls are just like they're bad. You gotta get over it. You, yeah, you still have to play with bad calls. And I don't think a, a call like that actually changes a game. Uh, I mean, before that, you had 93 whole minutes to make your game happen, and you didn't. And so, if this is what you're falling on, then you're falling on something really weak. And uh, it was just a loss. It happens all the time, you know, uh, in all sports. You get it one one little call, and all yeah. the fans are up in arms saying. Because of this call, we lost, and no, yeah. that's not the reason you lost. I, I mean, during the game, yes, you should you should like yell and tell them that they're bad people. But after <laughs> the game, um, so Minneapolis City beat Sioux Falls Thunder three uh, one over the weekend. I I didn't I don't have much to say about that. I don't know if you do, but I'm no, more just just happy because they have to win out, yeah. and that was part of it. So the 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 most interesting part is Minneapolis City has two games. Everyone else has one game to play. Um, there's four teams in the playoff race. I'll just read this off. Duluth have 25 points. Med City have 25 points. Dakota Fusion have 24 points. Minneapolis City have 22 points. Minneapolis City midweek on Wednesday night play the Minnesota Twin Stars. Um, the 394 Derby or something like that. Um, <laughs> with the, the So if they win this game, then they are level with Duluth and Med City. And then they play Med City on the final game of the season Saturday. In Rochester. Wednesday night is their last home game. It's, it is this Minnesota um, uh, Twin Stars match. 7 p.m. at the Augsburg Field. Um, it is going to be a blast. There's no, there's no uh, uh, competitive Minnesota United game this week. I genuinely think everyone should come out with this. Come out to this game. It's going to be so much fun. 
I don't get in, out enough to Minneapolis City. But. No, truer words were never uttered. That was just amazing because it is going to be a great game. And in fact, it's going to be a tough game because uh, Twin Stars won that game in Minnetonka. And uh, I went to see that one. And it was very painful first because the uh, ref decided that 89 minutes makes a full game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that damn ref that, you should die. <laughs> that damn ref. It was very weird at the end, you know. He everybody was leaving, and then he calls him back. I was leaving. I it was it was crazy, uh, but that game, Twin Stars actually did look good. So they then, they have good moments. And, and then so, last week, Twin Stars played with only eight players. Oh really? That I did not know. Yeah, yeah. they started the match with eight players. Uh, a week and a half ago. Dan Hudeman, when he was on the show last week, made a vague, weird reference to pl- a team playing with eight players. And then and then someone pointed out on Twitter to us that uh, that after the recap, after David Baker put out his recap, like, yeah, they also only played with eight players. And apparently you have to forfeit if you only have seven players. So they had one, just enough players to, to not forfeit. That was the game they lost uh, six to something. Out uh, they they got whooped pretty bad. It's a shame they didn't play Eris because they haven't won in years. <laughs> no, that would have been amazing. If Eris wins, there's a riot. There's just going to be <laughs> like fire in the streets. Just it um, took a team of eight to make Eris happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that would have been great. But um, uh, so back to this. Yeah, the Twin Stars are good. Um, they don't have much to play for, but. Um, they're playing for for pride, uh, and you know uh, they'll be hopped up on their Minnetonka lattes and things like that. Um, uh, and then and then if they win that game, then going into this last game with Med City, who I think I think people genuinely say have have been the best team uh, in the in the league, going up against Med City, where um, you know maybe maybe a draw can get you in, but a win secures it for sure. That's gonna be. That's also gonna be great. It's gonna be. It's exciting for that, and then and then playoffs. Who knows where that that goes? But at least you know doing what everyone looks at Minneapolis City as the big, as the big team to beat. They are the big name, uh, and so they need to they need to do that on the field and actually be the big team to beat. And, right, because uh, uh, Duluth when they came here, I mean, sorry, uh, Met City. Um, we made sure to give them a hard time, and they showed up real like, yeah. strong. They, I know, and they, they took the they took points away. As I said to Hudeman last week, uh, I, my problem is that I heckle a player, and then that player suddenly <laughs> has the most the greatest game of their night of their lives. So I may just actually show up and heckle Minneapolis City, and just pretend I'm from Minnetonka, and just talk <laughs> about my my yacht or something like that, and and. Talk about going getting coffee at the Boo or something like that. Uh, I, I may just may just have to do that. So I, I don't know. I'll come. As, I'll cosplay someone from Minnetonka. I'll tie a sweater <laughs> around my neck or something. Um, uh, so that's you know that. Then this weekend are all the final matches, and then then we've got playoffs, and, and hopefully there's there's good stuff beyond that. But um, let's uh, let's take one more break, and then it's Twitter time. Back on the fifty-five-one podcast, we've got Twitter questions. Uh, Rodrigo Sanchez asks uh, best goals so far. Jamaica 
Sal- El Salvador, Mexico, get my votes. Um, my vote, personally, I'm going to go with El Salvador's. That goal I talked about earlier from Zelaya to Bonilla was was just superbly done. Just broke up the defense. So the, particularly the, the assist, I thought, was, was fantastic. But I would say Rose pass or getting to yeah. make that pass was very very nice going through two defenders just getting the you know they lost their head they had yeah. no idea what was going on and Fair a beautiful enough. pass okay yeah i think uh, i think elias hernandez's goal certainly was nice but i mean it was just like t-ball come on <laughs> i mean like no one was around he just like uh so i'm i'm going to i'm still going to go El salvador um, Jacob Schneider says, uh, was trading Damian Lowe, we didn't talk about this, uh, was trading in Damian Lowe for Jermaine Taylor worth it for the Loons considering they're both starting for the Reggae Boys? Uh, yeah, Damian Lowe started in midfield for Jamaica and... Not this game. He didn't? No, he started in the back. Oh, okay. So I didn't I didn't watch the game. I only watched highlights and then I went to Soccer Way. Soccer Way had a bad lineup for this. Oh, okay. Soccer Way had him in midfield. So, okay. okay. But did, was Jermaine Taylor... Uh, right back? They were actually the two back. They back, were okay. The, the center backs were uh, had were, Minnesota ties. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, were they? Were they? Were they good? I th- I always thought Damian Lowe had uh, potential. He's just a little bit rough, you know. Sometimes he just couldn't get the right angles, right approaches. But he's good in the air. He's physical, uh, and Jermaine Taylor did okay. And the yeah. thing about him was that they weren't really going forward. So every pass they yeah. made was a successful yeah. pass yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i we didn't really trade 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 in as much as you know damian lowe was just kind of a little bit of a head case uh, i mean i think the reason i kind of didn't like him as a minnesota united player was that i mean every time on social media it was just so he was only talking about the seattle sounders um he was just you know he was kind of like combative to to uh fans at times and i think that yeah, I think he's a kid, you know, and, and a little bit of a, maybe a head case. But, um, you know, I, I think Jermaine Taylor is playing, doing a role. Would Damian Lowe be as happy doing that role for Minnesota United? I don't know, but we'll see. Um, Tommy Mayhew says, do you see the U.S. men's national team <coughs> playing a two-striker set with Morris and Dwyer? Um, I don't know if you have any opinions on this, but. Well, it'd be great. I mean, <laughs> Dwyer score. He's he played two games. He scored twice. Uh, Morris has been. Uh, I, I don't think he scored, but I, didn't he get a pass or or he made a, a couple good plays too. Um, Did he come in late for them? I'm, no, I'm not blanking. I literally fell asleep for ten minutes toward the end. <laughs> no, the, I, at this uh, the oh, World Cup okay. game, I didn't see the okay. the preparation. Pre- game. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Bruce Arena seems to be. Uh, wants to stick with this kind of one striker thing if you've got Bobby Wood on he's as a kind of a winger attacker inside forward or something um so I don't I don't see them starting with like a 4-4-2 with that um but I think that Jordan Morris has played as the winger inside forward and so certainly that that could work uh you certainly having the speed of Morris on there would would be a big help um, Austin Bell says, any plans to incorporate Big Top Liquors into the new stadium? Uh, the serious answer is no. I think that 
that they are going to find some other location on the property. Um, but the, the other answer is that now, have you seen the Minnesota United construction cam? Um, yes. It's like a web webcam that is basically just watch people coming in and out of Big Top Liquors. Because and, and the cranes in the background. The cranes are in the background. The construction's in the background. Um, and Big Top Liquors is in the foreground. So you're just watching people come in and get their beer. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I love it for that reason. Um, United Loons asks, which player from Martinique is Minnesota United signing? Uh, I know that this is a joke question, but Steven Langle, Langeel, Langeel, I think, um, he's 29. He was the striker who, one of the, who scored one of the goals for Martinique. He's 29, plays for Legia Warsaw. Uh, he played for Auxerre and, um, a couple other, you know, not... You know, kind of B minus C plus level uh, French teams. I, I don't know a guy like that. Maybe uh, I, this is literally the only thing I, I've seen him in. So I'm not saying they need to sign him, but he's the type of player who could come over to MLS and maybe maybe be an eight eight nine goal uh, player. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think um, looking at their list of players, not all not all of them play in leagues that are that strong they play division two three or even tier four or five so yeah i think i saw one in tier four uh france in a regional league yeah uh which is you know it, you may take it for the potential uh you know bring two or three uh in on the cheap and and see what what sticks yeah samuel west asks should gold cup be a scout trip for minnesota united office seems to be domestic league concaf i mean this is exactly what we were just talking about um, I think absolutely. I mean, Minnesota United, just like every other MLS team, is going to be watching this and, and thinking about. And every agent for Stephen Langeel, for example, they're talking to these guys, saying, "Hey, look at my guy." I mean, absolutely. You'll see a couple of a couple of moves. Whether or not Minnesota United is one of the teams that does it, um, the, the, there aren't that many players who I think could move a needle at the gold cup right now you probably only have a few players who aren't in mls who are really good players. you know you've got joel campbell but everyone knows mm -hmm. joel campbell right i mean right. there's no right. no one discovered joel campbell suddenly and joel campbell is probably is not coming to mls um so there's only there's only a couple of those players who i think um could do that um I don't think there's that many. I think if you look at those stars, uh, I think uh, Brian Rees is a good one. Um, I think I read yesterday or today that uh, Sporting uh, released the jerseys of the players, and he used to be number 10. He wasn't even on the list, so that means he's going out. And what they've been reporting is that there's interest from Mexico, which is a tough market to compete because they don't have a cap. Uh, and so, but and I don't know if he would come to MLS. He's, he's so, at Sporting in, in Portugal. Yeah, and he's just he's magical. He's got technique that just is outstanding. Uh, if you see his goals and his passes, is sometimes just how do you pull that off? I couldn't even think it, and you just did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and a guy like Brian Ruiz is uh, he's not Minnesota's not going to go for him. You know, no. unfortunately, I think that he, he's someone who I'm going to totally make up a number of what he could be got for. But he's probably low, 
one millions, one point three million or something like that. So he's not crazy out of Minnesota's reach. They could get, but right now this summer is not when they're going to get a DP. Maybe in the winter they'd go for him, but right. they want to get someone on free so that the only money they're spending is on a salary. So I, I don't. I think Brian Ruiz, if he came, would go to Orlando. You know, go go to one of these big markets. Yeah, yeah. Or I would say like mid level that wants to spend. You know, right. like 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 that. And so, or maybe sporting even. But and yeah, certainly all there. There's lots of people watching these games who. They want to figure out if anyone's going to surprise them. But it's not just MLS; it's uh, NASL. Uh, I mean, a lot of the players in NASL are from uh, you know small, small uh, Caribbean nations, and they perform well at that level. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, those are the questions that that we have. Oh, I will say. Oh, some of the the I'm blanking on the name because I didn't print out the email. Um, whoever uh, chastised me about language on the podcast. Uh, also, he wanted to know why Ibsen is only known as Ibsen, and it's a Brazilian. You know, it's the Brazilian standard of going by. Yeah, it's it's actually uh, very common. So it's his full name is probably four names long. Yeah, uh, but uh, it is common for players that have achieved a certain a certain status to just go with a nickname or a shortened version of their first name. That's why you know Ronaldinho is you know yeah. he doesn't go by Ronaldinho Nazaro da Lima, all right, yeah. or anybody else like that. So Ibsen, probably that's why when the so the the thing that Minnesota United did was about nicknames, right? Yeah. And when he says my name is Ibsen, what he meant to say probably was my nickname and name is Ibsen or something like that. But it came out weird, and that's why the chant is so good, though. Hello, my name is Ibsen. There yeah. was also there was a um a Minnesota United uh like commercial that they did where he was learning English and walking around saying, hello, my name is Ibsen. Hello, oh. my name is Ibsen. And that's all he could say. And so there was the joke that that's all he could say, that that's all he knew in English. Um, I'm still amazed that like, it, I, apparently he still does not really speak any English, but I think that that's bullshit. I think he speaks a good amount of English and he just refuses. He just pretends. <laughs> uh, that's my theory. But he speaks Spanish, so there's enough, like, you know, Manny and all these guys speaking of Spanish that they, they speak to him in Spanish. <laughs> I, my theory is that he's making it. Hey, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know why he wouldn't speak English. <laughs> I, I, could, I could see it. I've seen a lot of people come at an older age into the U.S., so it's a little bit tougher to uh, train your brain to learn the new yeah. language, and you don't even try. So with the Internet that you have now, you can watch. If you're here, you watch the news from Brazil. Yeah. You can watch the games from well, and all the all the Brazilians, and... All the Brazilians live out in Woodbury. All, you know, all the... Uh, um, let's see, who's still... I think Daniel Mendes and, and uh, all these guys are still in town. They all live out in the same area. Uh-huh. Pablo Campos is now back, and so, you know, they just all hang out together and uh-huh. speak no need to learn English. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks, Adu, uh, for coming on the, the show. Um, we'll we'll ha- have to have you back sometime soon. Uh, thank you, everyone. You can uh, leave a rating and you can uh, subscribe, etc. And we will uh, we'll see you on the website. <laughs> <laughs>